This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Demarest, CPA with Parmelson Associates. Interest rates is a topic that we have covered several times, and you might have heard me mention the Federal Reserve. Even if you're a new listener and you watch a little bit of news, you probably hear them talking nonstop about the Federal Reserve lately, but why? That is exactly what we're going to talk about this week. Before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. Why wait to order parts until a car is in your shop? With Shopware, you can see if you're short on a certain part before you open the RO and pre-order so you never have to wait. GetShopware.com As a shop owner, it's important to invest in the right tools to help your business grow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow, an endorsed Napa Auto Care program, is committed to helping the whole shop reach its full potential. Please visit them at RepairShopOfTomorrow.com Before we get into the Federal Reserve, what it is, what their purpose is, we really need to talk about the basic idea on how our economy works as it relates to pricing. Because a lot of what we're going to talk about today is what the Federal Reserve is doing to combat pricing, or specifically inflation, and what tools they use to do that. As we've talked about before, inflation is arguably the biggest issue facing our economy right now, and it's also the biggest thing that the Federal Reserve is trying to fight. The principle of economics that does not involve the Federal Reserve is referred to as the classical model, right? So this is probably the easiest example to talk about pricing, and it's probably what most people are familiar with. The model is what most people understand as a simple supply and demand curve. To illustrate this, I usually kind of put out a chart and you can see where these lines intersect on it. But to kind of do this over podcast, I feel like that the best example is to kind of just do this in verbal format. The first example here that I'm going to give on how the supply and demand curve interacts with one another and how that kind of sets a price is this. Earlier this year, a 1955 Mercedes-Benz 300 SLR Uhlenhut, I probably said that wrong, but was sold at auction for a record $142 million. This is almost three times as much as the previous record sale, but why? Right? And you look at this thing and you're like, well, it's a nice car. People like that. People love Mercedes. It's older, so they get more expensive on it. But the basics example here is a very simple economics example. So if we use our example before, the demand on this specific car was extremely high and the supply on this is extremely low. And in this case, the supply is actually one. So there are only two of these cars ever made and one of them Mercedes still has and never plans to sell. So if you want this car, this is your only chance to buy it. So in a case like this, when the demand is super high and the supply is super low or non-existent in this case, People are willing to pay unlimited amounts of money virtually to buy this car because it's their only chance at it. Now, on the other hand of things, let's say that you have something that is extremely rare. Only one of these exists. Like, for example, I'm going to use a wonderful piece of art that my daughter created for me. She says it's a cat, but I think she took some, let's say, artistic liberties on it. Either way, I like it. She was happy about it. Great. But... In this, it has a lot of very similar things to this Mercedes, right? There's only one of these in the world. However, in this case, we have demand pretty low. Now, I like it, but I don't think that there's a big outside market for this. Even if there only is one of these, if the demand is even lower than the supply, 
then the price is going to be extremely low. And so if you look at a chart, you can get into, you know, supply side shortages, demand increases, surpluses and stuff like that. To summarize this, in a free market, supply and demand and the perfect price for those is when those two lines meet, right? So essentially what those two lines crossing each other means is, hey, this is the right amount of supply for the exact amount of people that demand this, right? And if you have the supply and demand on the exact right spot, it'll create what we call a price equilibrium or a perfect price point. Pretty simple, right? And it makes sense. However, this is not really how our economy works. So while these specific examples illustrate how the free market is working, this is not how ours work because there are a number of outside factors, mainly government intervention, and these policies specifically are implemented by the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve does a number of things, but the main focus today is on the federal funds rate. The Federal Reserve does a lot of different policies, uh, quantitative easing, buying back uh, treasury bonds and stuff like that. But specifically today, we're going to be really focused on what they're trying to do with interest rates and specifically on the federal funds rate. So Hunt, what is the federal funds rate and why do we care about it? The reason that we care about the federal funds rate is the federal funds rate is the biggest driver of interest rates in the market, right? It's arguably the only thing out there that is directly related to the interest rates that you're actually going to pay. There's other things. Again, you know, interest has a lot to do with supply and demand and stuff like that. But essentially, this federal funds rate, if the government increases it, that means that you're going to pay higher interest. There's never been a case where they're increasing interest rates and it hasn't directly affected the consumers. And like we talked about before, this is, you know, government makes monetary policy on things that they want to do. And essentially the Federal Reserve and specifically what we're going to talk about this week is the federal funds rate. The federal funds rate is a target range of interest at which the banks can lend reserves to each other. Right. It's almost like an agreed upon interest rate that after hours, if, if specific banks have reserves, they say, hey, this is the interest that you're allowed to charge each other to swap it back and forth. And so if you look at it that way, then obviously no one is going to lend an outside party for less than that because they can already get this from another bank. If you're lending money to another bank, don't you think that that's a much better credit risk than lending money to some person off the street? So when the market is hurting and the government is trying to stimulate spending, they lower these rates to get people to buy things, right? Interest rates are low. People are encouraged to spend. And when the economy is too hot or doing too well, and there's a lot of inflation, they raise the interest rates to try and lower spending or kind of kill the market a little bit to lower prices. To illustrate how interest rates affect people's spending, let's take our current housing market into consideration. So this time two years ago, interest rates on a mortgage were around 3%. And we were in the hottest housing market that we have probably ever seen, definitely what we've ever seen in my lifetime. People were willing to pay way over asking because an additional $50,000 offer would only increase your monthly payment about $150. And that's why we saw these huge bidding wars for houses going out there because people were offering tens or even hundreds of thousand dollars above asking but no one was really paying cash for this. The interest was really low and the money was really cheap on it. People were willing to go above and beyond because it didn't change their monthly payment that much. Also, another thing on this is even the interest rate itself was making it pretty competitive to be able to afford even a, a larger home than you had in the past. 
Because with interest rates at 3%, and there's a number that came in lower than 3%, it just made houses a lot more affordable if prices would have remained the same. Obviously, they didn't. They skyrocketed, which is pretty much the entire reason why we're talking about this today. Speaking of today here, interest rates right now are right around 7% for a 30-year mortgage. So that same additional $50,000 extra that we were talking about before would add an extra $300 to your monthly mortgage payment. Compared to $150 at 3%, at 7%, it's double that. Furthermore, if you look at the monthly payment of a house at 3% versus 7%, you will notice that the monthly payment itself is actually doubled. So for going 3% on a 30-year mortgage to 7% on a 30-year mortgage, if you would have been paying $2,000 a month, you would now be paying $4,000 a month for the exact same house for the exact same price. That is how much these interest rates are really affecting people. And if you talk about this, you know, don't want to go off on too much on a tangent here, but if you talk about, you know, you hear people talking about, oh, the housing market's starting to kind of creep down. You know, people are starting to actually drop prices, which we've never seen this in the past. This is exactly why. While the supply and demand has remained relatively similar, these interest rates have started to and will continue to affect these prices. Because if you look at the market right now, or at least where I am, the supply and demand is relatively similar as it was two years ago. There's still a good bit of people that are still looking to move. There's still a very low supply of houses, but the market is starting to cool off just because of these interest rates. A lot of people are thinking twice and they're saying, man... I'm not really sure if I want to sign up for that, especially if the current house they're in is at a very low interest rate. Because if you use an apples to apples comparison, if you sell a house for $800,000 and you want to go buy a house for $600,000, you might end up paying about the same amount in your monthly payment just because of the interest and increase in interest rates, even with that equity that you're rolling over in there. As much as you love the shop routine that you have now, I'll tell you that switching to a cloud-based shop management system will pay off in more ways than you can imagine. Not only will you let go of bad habits that are costing you money, you'll free up more time for your techs to fix more cars. Your quotes will be quicker and more accurate, and you'll make more money per part than you ever did before. We all know that time is money. When you streamline your day, you waste less time on repetitive brain drains. Start fresh by going to your favorite browser and looking up GetShopware.com. The orange book a demo button will set you on a journey for more profit and less stress. You'll never look back. Check it out at GetShopware.com. As a shop owner, it's important to invest in the right tools to help your business grow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow, an endorsed Napa Auto Care coaching and marketing program, is committed to helping the whole shop reach its full potential by utilizing their industry-leading learning management system. Repair Shop of Tomorrow have produced over 50 learning modules to provide continuing education for shop owners, service advisors, and technicians. Their learning management system allows all employees to learn exactly what the owner is learning on their own time. Training modules such as Repair Order Workflow, Advisor Huddle, Business Flowchart, and Driving Profitability helps ensure everyone in the shop knows what the right looks like and understand their responsibilities inside the organization. When the team is all operating with the same playbook, the results are remarkable. For more information about their programs, please visit them at repairshopoftomorrow.com. 
So remember how I talked about that the Federal Reserve is really kind of the puppeteer pulling all of these strings here. And remember we talked about how they set this federal funds rate as their target. To put this in perspective of how direct its relationship is, is two years ago, the federal funds rate was almost 0%. It's never 0%. It's always a tick above it, right? Their target was zero, but it was like 0.18%. Compared to today, the federal funds rate is at 4%. That's a 4% swing in the last two years, which if you were following along here, is the exact same 4% increase that we've seen in mortgage rates, right? This is why the federal funds rate and what the feds decides to do with these meetings is so important because it is so directly related and it will affect the market immediately, right? You'll see if you follow the stock market before Federal Reserve's meeting, in the past it wasn't as big of a deal, but lately since they know they're going to be doing stuff or saying stuff, the markets always went crazy, right? The market has some sort of idea on what they think the Federal Reserve is going to do, but there's always a reaction afterwards. Now, onto the business side of things. Two years ago, rates for commercial loans for owner-occupied real estate were around 4 maybe 5%. But we saw a lot of owner-occupied commercial deals at the low 4% range. Compared to today, we're in the 9 to 10% range. And so that's almost an increase of 5 to 6 percentage points. But there is a little bit more to it. You know, rates take into consideration what they expect is going to happen in the future And the general consensus is the Fed is going to keep on increasing their rates for the next year or so. So these rates have the expectations built in. And again, think about this. Generally, commercial debt and commercial paper will react more severely because it is a shorter term, whereas a personal mortgage is over 30 years. So there's a longer term view or average being taken into consideration. And so what I mean by that is this, because I kind of glossed over that pretty quick. So let's say you're getting a five to seven or 10 year note. In the grand scheme of things, it's not a short term note, but it's what we call a medium term note here. We expect these interest rates to stay pretty high for the foreseeable short future. And that's why these interest rates on commercial debt are going to be higher because this is going to be a quicker amortization versus on a personal mortgage, which is, you know, amortized and paid back over 30 years. While we expect the interest rates to be high for the foreseeable future, no one expects them to stay this exact level for the next 30 years, right? If we have a market crash, remember I was talking about before, if the market comes screeching back down, then the Fed is going to back off in the interest rates, try to stimulate the economy and try to get it picked back up again. Now, if you look at the Federal Reserve, this is why there is a lot of people that aren't big fans of the Federal Reserve is because we all know what they're they're trying to do, right? They have good intentions here of what they're trying to do. And, you know, if you were looking at the economic side of it, it should work what they're doing, but it very rarely does. A lot of times you might have heard this, keeping interest rates too low for too long. We've done it a number of times throughout the year, primarily what we're seeing in this situation right now. Again, interest rates were extremely low for a long time, specifically, or not specifically, but a good example for you guys is the housing market itself, right? We've seen 100%, 200% increases in house prices over an extremely short period of time. COVID definitely played a part into that. But again, the interest rate and the amount of money that you could borrow for so extremely cheap was also a huge motivating factor as well. But why is the Federal Reserve doing this? So like we talked about before, the idea here is that the interest rates are the easiest thing to change to change the behavior of the average consumer. 
right? Because they don't actually care about the interest rates themselves. This is their biggest thing that they can change to try to make the American population or the economy to do a certain thing. Remember when I talked about that the Fed is trying to combat rampant inflation and they're using the interest rates to do this? Think about this. If you went to buy a new tire machine for your shop and they said that they would finance it for 0% for 12 months and you really needed this tire machine, you probably sign on the dotted line and schedule delivery, right? 0%, that's free money. Hey, if it's $12,000, they give you $1,000 a month over the course of a year or I can pay you $12,000 today. Yeah, I'll take the year and I'll give you your money. Right. And we've been seeing that a lot, not specifically on tire machines. You know, those are usually leases, but you get the idea here. Everyone loves zero percent interest. However, if they offered you 12 months at 22 percent interest, which is uh, notably actually the average credit card interest as of today, you probably think twice about that purchase. Essentially, they just raise the price of that equipment 22 percent without actually changing the price. And in this example, the hope is as interest rates go up, demand goes down, which mean that prices fall or at least stop increasing, right? And this is essentially what they're trying to do for the overall economy. You know, if you think about taking money out of your pocket and paying someone in cash, that's a lot closer to a basic supply and demand curve. A lot of this whole idea on the federal funds rate and what they're doing is they to know that so much of our market is not only dictated by the lending, but the borrowing aspect. So interest rates are extremely, extremely important. The Fed is trying to achieve something that you might have heard politicians or are in the news talk about, which they call a soft landing. A soft landing, in theory, is the Federal Reserve's raising interest rates to slow down the economy and essentially levels out just like a plane landing. Right. So think about right now. Think about this plane. The plane is our economy and it's flying extremely high. And I I say that kind of cautiously because while the market has been good and inflation is going crazy on it, we're just at a really, really weird time. So maybe we're flying really high with a lot of turbulence, but we're still up there. And we know at some point we had to come back down to earth. And so what the Fed is doing is raising interest rate, which is making the plane turn towards earth and come down for a landing. So in a perfect world, they raise the interest rates, they raise it slow enough, and they're cautious enough about this, that that plane descends, comes in, and makes a nice, swift, smooth landing, and our economy keeps on going. The alternative, though, is what we call a hard landing or a crash. Just like the plane example there, if you descend too much, too fast, then that plane is going to come smashing into the ground. The plane is our economy, and essentially right now, the Federal Reserve is the pilot. And that kind of, in a nutshell, is illustrating exactly what they're trying to do here. So to wrap all this up, my intent here was to not only educate you on what the Federal Reserve is and what them manipulating the federal funds rate does to your finances as well as your business and how you interpret this information is up to you. I will let you draw your own conclusions. The biggest reason that I did this episode is really for twofold, right? A lot of times I like to pull stuff right out of the news where it's terms that I see getting thrown around a ton. And I know that most people watching that don't really understand the idea behind it. So what I like to do is put into terms that people understand so that they know what people are talking about so they can make educated decisions about our business. Your business, your shop is no different than you know the housing market, your personal finances, Interest rates are going to have everything to do with your business. And if they don't have a whole lot to do with your business, they have to do with your customers. 
If the economy goes south, if interest rates are high, your customers have less money, which inevitably means they have less money to spend with you. So currently right now, our plane is coming in for a landing and it expects to touch down in the next 12 months. What I mean by that is they are planning to raise these interest rates for at this point, probably the next six to nine months. Now, they never kind of play their hand. You don't know exactly what the Federal Reserve is going to do. They have meetings periodically and they announce if they're going to increase or leave the rate exactly the same, sometimes decrease, but not anything recently on that. And they have talked that they expect to be doing these increases sometime until mid next summer. What you need to think about, is this going to be a smooth landing like the last airline flight that you took? Or is this going to be something much, much more extreme? Well, Hunt, what are our chances that this pilot knows what they are doing? Well, to give you a little bit of backstory here so you can set your own odds, over the 75 years, there's arguably only been one time in history that the Fed was able to achieve a soft landing and avoid a crash or recession, and this was in 1994. However, the last time that the Fed tried to land this plane was in 2007, and a lot of you remembered that, right, and how this worked out. And so what I hope that you take from this is this shouldn't be a doomsday type scenario, but this is kind of when I talk about it, when I make inferences, when I make kind of estimations of what I think that the economy is looking like over the short term, maybe longer term. This is why I've said, hey, you know what? We're in a really tricky spot here, and I don't think that things are going to get better before they get worse, right? Because I do not think this is the last that they're going to raise the interest rates. They even said at the last meeting that, hey, we intend to keep on raising this. So keep in mind, for the next 12 months, interest rates are probably continually going to rise here. And we could reach a breaking point where we're just turning that plane nose so far down that we come in and we hit that runway pretty darn hard, and then we have a recession. Now, to give you a little bit of bright spot to leave you with, I don't want you to just leave after listening to economics talk for or economy talk for the last... 30 minutes without any sort of bright side on this. Generally, the automotive industry is, I wouldn't call it recession proof, right? Everyone's affected by it. But in the short term, what we saw back in 2007, 2008 was, yeah, immediately when the economy and the recession hit, everything tightened up. No one was spending any money. No one was doing anything on it. However, after that, we saw some pretty good times for the aftermarket industry. Why? Because times were tough. People didn't have that much money. So if their car needed some work, they were going to fix it. They weren't going to get on the hook for a car payment. So they were like, you know what? This is cheaper than going to buy a new car, right? So sometimes too good of an economy, if you can actually buy cars, is not great for the aftermarket because people say, why would I pay to fix this? I'll just go trade that in. I hope this was informative. Uh, Share this with friends, share this with family, anyone out there that you know loves economics. And if you have any questions on this, comments, or ideas for future episodes, please shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. So thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listing app. Thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.